Welcome to the Leader Byte Podcast, hosted by Chester Goat. Bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Any topic is fair game here, because committed leaders bring it all to the table. Here's your host, Chester Goad. Hey, everybody. It's great to be back at the Leader Byte today. I have got a great friend with me. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Scott Kimsey has over 30 years of basketball experience, and he's a program director for Tennessee Fury. And I'm hoping he'll share with us a little bit more about that this morning. Scott contributed to the success of Rockwood High School basketball program in the late 80s and 90s, and he still has really never quit playing Later, he administered a large upward basketball program for several years and developed a similar middle school league. And Scott has contributed to long-term basketball development in two African nations, worked overseas for over eight years, as well as traveling to various countries for basketball camps on numerous occasions. He's played and coached recreationally. He's mentored college students and raised funds for athletic organizations. So having experienced the impact of team sports on young people, Scott really believes that basketball builds core values of integrity and teamwork and community and perseverance. Uh, And combined with a strong faith, these values develop leaders both on and off the court. And I can't wait to talk about it. And so, Scott, welcome to the Leader Bat this morning. Thank you, Chester. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. We've talked about it, but we haven't ever really had a chance to sit down and and take care of this. So um, first, I have to say to everybody out there, listeners, um, I have known Scott now pretty much most of my life. He's a really good friend, uh, and he was best man in my wedding, and we share a lot of the same history together. But Scott, ever since I've known him, he has had a passion for sports and moreover a passion for sports and building relationships through sport. And I want to get into all that. But before we do, Scott, for the listeners out there on the Leader Bite, tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, as Chester said, um, we've known each other since college days uh, back at Ron State Community College. And um, Chester was also my best man in my wedding. So so a good friendship there over the years. But yeah. Right now, living here in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, my wife and two kids. Uh, kids are starting middle school at Bearden Middle, and that's my son Jonah. My daughter Anna, she's about to start West High School. So go Bruins and go Rebels uh, for my kids. Uh, we're just we've bought a house here uh, in the Knoxville area, trying to settle in and see uh, where you know God will lead us down this path through sports. Uh, Chester mentioned with Knox Youth Sports and Tennessee Furies, a partnership that came together to create the position I'm in now. That's uh, awesome. excited that was about. kind of a miracle how that came together it was yeah it really was um i'll just share a little on that i um i was working uh as said raising funds for sports organization that was the university of tennessee working in their ticket sales office and one day looking at uh future sales goals for december i realized uh, my heart wasn't in it i shared (laughs) with my little assistant manager that day i said i'm out and so i get a an email from the assistant athletic director over all of uh, raising funds. He says, come by my office or call me. I was like, oh my gosh, my last day, I'm getting in trouble with the eight assistant AD. <laughs> What's going on? And so I finally get a hold of him, but it, he's also was also the president of the Knox Youth Sports, the KYS board. And he was letting me know about this position that I had no idea existed. And so the day I stepped out on faith and didn't have anything lined up after um, selling tickets at UT, God just flung open the door for this, and it worked out where I finished my uh, – I worked out a notice at UT, and then that was on a Friday. I started the Knox Youth Sports Tennessee Fury thing mm. on the following Monday. So That's God really was awesome. so all in it. That's awesome. You know, I something I've noticed through the years, Scott, is that 
um, God really seems to have his hand on you, especially when it comes to sport and relationship building and intentionality through sports and athletics. And um, so I, I've just been really proud of you. And how cool is that, that, you know, on the last day, that God moves in such a way that, you know, you never really have to worry. Sometimes we fall into that. We worry about things and we don't have to because he's got it all worked out. So he truly does. <laughs> uh, I've wanted to get you on the show for a long time, as I mentioned earlier, uh, because I believe that what you've been doing for much of your life is um, incredibly important. And that's building relationships and teaching, especially younger generations, about leadership, and in your case, through sports. So this is a two-parter. Tell me where that initial passion for sport came from and then why it remains important to you. Um, you know, just uh, growing up, I uh, grew up here in rural East Tennessee, Ray County and Round County as a young man, and I can remember having a little rubber Tennessee football, and I would hike it from one hand to the other through my own legs, throw it into the air, run, catch it, wrap my arms around myself, and tackle myself. Because <laughs> my only sibling was an older sister who didn't care much about sports and football. And my dad worked swings it, shifts at TVA. He was he was great, though. He was always, whenever he could, be in the yard, mm -hmm. just dropping the baseball into my glove or tossing the football very lightly where I could yeah. catch it and help make me be the athlete I am today, even though he never had a chance to really be involved in sports growing uh -huh. up. So. Just from that very early age, I've just always had a love for it. I've, from five years old, playing tackle football. Mm -hmm. And I guess 2017 is the first calendar year so far I've not registered and played in some sort of competitive sport, mostly I basketball yeah. from the time of 10 years old. But life's just kind of caught up to me and gotten crazy. And if I find a league that can fit the time in, I'll still jump in there. Um, and, but I've, uh, I'm always, and so just throughout life, I was always going to be my first career path down college was going to be teacher and coach Thought i was going to do that god kind of changed that in college where i became a recreation leisure studies major and through that um uh, you know directed my path down to, to be able to do some rec stuff with churches and things and um so just through it all being part of a team i always played team sports knowing that those relationships are built and and it just comes naturally mm -hmm. i've i've found myself playing basketball in germany with a bunch of turkish people we didn't really know english and turkish but we knew basketball yeah, and built awesome. immediate relationships awesome. so so is that why this is still so important to you is it just a lifelong thing i mean i i think so yeah i think it's like I say in my dna somehow just knit it up from i, I may have gotten it from my mother she tried to play some basketball when she was younger but they had to wear shorts, right. short skirts. And yeah, I've her, seen pictures of stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it's and her father was not going to have any part of it. When mm -hmm. Unfortunately, she had some younger sisters who got to play eventually. But when she came along, being the oldest, the, the law was laid down and she didn't get to. So, uh, But, yeah, you just um, – yeah, you still see the opportunities to – especially in Tennessee Fury. I've got in front of me here six leadership maxims we have. And it, with, that's where part of uh, Sequoia Leadership Concepts – Youth development arm. Mm. That's what Tennessee Fury's housed under is a five hundred one c three, and it um, it just we have we have six maxims. You live for a big why. Live with passion, not pressure. You love deeply. You love truthfully, and you lead by taking personal responsibility. And you lead with humility and sacrifice. Wow. And so we share that. And try to instill that with our kids. Um, Pastor Rick Dunn at Fellowship Church, a co-founder of Fury, came up with these. And anytime I'm, we're able to share, as we are a faith-based organization, kids kind of know coming in, 
that's a component. We don't force it upon them, but we allow them to come voluntarily to uh, these leadership moments. We call them right. we'll often share these other night. I shared stories of like um, Joseph from the Old Testament and all uh, the all the things he lived with passion and not pressure. Uh, you know, when, when he faced all kinds of different areas in his life. Um, and so I've shared folks like that, Stephen from Scripture. Well, I, sh- I shared the Predators this year as a local sports kind of story. Uh-huh. They had all that pressure on them, being down 2-0, coming from Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cups, and they reeled off their wins at Nashville to get back in the series. And who knew that, yeah. that Tennessee and Nashville would be a hockey state? Who knew that? Oh, no, I know. And, and, even, and even over here in Knoxville, they're every day on Sports Radio, talking about that's getting a 10 rating on TV mm-hmm. here in Knoxville. And mm-hmm. it just, yeah, it permeated the whole state. And it was great. I want to go, I want to go back to something you said just a mm-hmm. minute ago, though. Um, how do you tackle yourself? <laughs> you run a little bit and then you hug yourself. You're like, you may have seen it in the movies and stuff. Someone put their arms around themselves. It looks yeah, like yeah. they you know, just threw my arms around myself and I fell down voluntarily. I can just, pick, for some reason, I can picture you out in the yard saying, I'm just going to go tackle myself for a while. That's, that's really great. Yeah. So, uh, all seriousness, the, the six, what were they, six principles? Six, six maxims. Six leadership maxims. Leadership, okay, maxims. leadership maxims. Mm-hmm. Um, that really emphasizes to me the, match made in heaven for you for Mm -hmm. that job at this time in your life because everything that you just described really i think of you in terms of those things a lot so but you and i actually we began involvement in leadership stuff together because this is a leadership podcast Mm -hmm. and what i try to do uh, is pull out all the different ways that people are leading in their lives uh, in different vocations and uh, different life uh, passions and things like that so for the listeners out there scott and i ran on the same ticket, we started out political. Yes, right. Uh, we ran on the same ticket together in college for student <laughs> government president and vice president. Do you remember how that came down? Do you remember how I approached you with that? I, I think it was a mutual friend, Kevin Meadows, I think. Mm-hmm. He mentioned it. Yeah. He mentioned it. But uh, do you remember how that happened? Uh, was it I came Walmart? To you at Walmart? It was a Walmart, yeah. <laughs> I came to you at Absolutely. Walmart. Man. You were standing there, and I think at the time you were mixing paint. Could have been. You uh, were mixing paint yeah. at Walmart. And uh, here's the thing I had a strategy. Uh, because, uh, you know, of course, I want to run for president. I was looking for a viable candidate for VP. That's right. And um, I felt like that you could sew up the Rockwood vote Rome for me. County, Ray County, I think I had that code. You kind of had the Scott <laughs> County, Morgan, exactly. maybe, yeah, Claiburn County. Exactly. Yeah. I felt like I had all those other little campuses. Yeah. I mean, Roan State has not like nine campuses. Yes. And, and uh, Rockwood is basically close to where Roan State is for yeah. you listeners I out lived there. closer to Roan State campus than I did Rockwood High School right. growing and up. So. You, yes. And do you remember? We were running against Andy Botkin, yes. who was a huge oh, uh, athlete in the area. The Kingston he was guy, yeah. very well known, but he was on the Kingston side. Right. So I needed a Rockwood balance <laughs> counterpart. Yeah, to I, do. That out. Yeah, I so, do. Yeah, and I heard that they give these scholarships, mm-hmm. got partial scholarships for running for office, and I thought, why not? And I remember approaching you, and um, I remember you had a decision to make because you had kind of been approached also by basketball, or you were trying to, you were talking to That's them true. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I had at that point, I wanted to kind of walk on, possibly. Um, but then later on, once I'd already committed to SGA, mm-hmm. and I was also sound tech for the Celebration Show Choir, too. So those both of those in the partial scholarships covered tuition, which was awesome. That's awesome. But Coach Nesbitt, who's been there, gosh, 20, <laughs> going on 30 years now, yes. probably, yeah. had just gotten there. Mm. And uh, he asked me, he saw me shooting one day while Celebration was practicing just some choreography they didn't need a sound guy for he said you want to come play i said well, i've i've committed to sga 
and show choir. I, I couldn't pick up basketball now right. if I wanted to. Right. But yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was great though. Don't don't regret a minute of it. <laughs> well, for the record, for everybody out there, it, it was a resounding uh, victory, and we did beat Andy Bachman, Kingston athlete, who turned out to be just one of our greatest friends. Oh yeah, you became know. a senator on our yeah, SGA Senate. Yeah, was a he great. Did. He was fantastic. We were actually incredibly involved in student government in college and lucky enough really to have a lot of leadership opportunities through that. Um, do you remember our trip to Tissel? Absolutely. What does Tissel stand for? Do you remember? Tennessee Intercollegiate State Legislature. You got it. Sure. Yeah, they still Not do tour. that. They sure, still, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so they're still doing that. And I, I talked to student government students. You know, I work mm-hmm. on a university campus. Uh, and so I talked to them, and they really love going down there. But do you remember we we did uh, a couple of trips with Andy Bach we down did. there? Yeah. And and I remember when I was there, I was always in the back. My mother told me I argued so well as a child, I should be a lawyer. Yeah. And so one of the little tracks you could do was like judiciary at uh-huh. Tissel. And I got to argue a case. Uh, I mean, it was a man who was defending the right of a woman. Uh, it was kind of in a bar fight or whatever. And he, he punches, he kills a man, basically, oh, but wow. not on purpose. It was uh-huh. a manslaughter, not a homicide. And I mm-hmm. argued the case. And, of course, the grand jury argued in front of or whatever. They, they sided with how the thing went down. Historically, but of the two arguments, I won kind of the argument battle thing. Cause, wow. But, yeah. So, so, so for the listeners out there, this TISL, this intercollegiate state legislature, is basically all the SGAs from around the state, from the colleges and universities come together and actually sit in the House and Senate chambers in Tennessee. And they actually write and pass bills. And some of those bills actually get submitted to the state. And, and who knew? But the, the very first, um, the seatbelt law in Tennessee actually um, came from TISL. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had a little side note there. Yeah, there's a little side joke. I whispered to Chester if he remembers a certain bill that, and it did make it, it's good for a chuckle, but we'll leave that off the leader <laughs> we'll bike. We'll leave that off. Um, but to this day, I remember spending the weekend uh, with Scott and with a good friend of ours, Andy Botkin. And I mentioned him a couple times, and it just makes me a little nostalgic mm-hmm. because we lost Andy mm-hmm. uh, several years ago. And, um, you know, he was so smart and so fun to be around. And, and man, could he pick the guitar? Yeah, oh, oh my amazing. gosh. Yeah. Yeah, he really was. He, he was really great. And unfortunately, uh, yeah, he passed away, but um, not before fathering two mm-hmm. uh, awesome kids. I follow them on Facebook. Uh, he has Zachary and his Landon. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's Landon that's in the military. And Zachary uh, is working out in the workforce. And they're just great kids Good. and have a great mama. Too, yeah, so. Regina is awesome. Yeah, she is. Anyway, so I digress. But he was all into leadership and stuff yes, like that. Yes, he was. And, and he really, was, he um, was going somewhere. He would have been yes. probably holding a public, op- public <laughs> office by now. I can see that. I can see that. I remember staying up late nights laughing with Andy. Yeah. Anyway, tons of leadership opportunities, and I'm thankful for all of it. I'm thankful for meeting you through all of this. And if it weren't for leadership in general, we would not have known each other. No. Um, so, you know, but let's get back into sports and leadership discussion. You've you've always been a huge supporter of sports and athletics and, and sports teams. And it's always seemed to be, from my perspective anyway, part of your purpose here on earth would you agree with that absolutely yeah i think that was as i said as in college starting out i know being a coach and teacher and have opportunity to lead and impact youth and everything in that aspect but through my walk and through um just a a heart of wanting to serve you know mm-hmm. kind of god vocationally um he twisted and turned it and got me, got me down that path to recreation. Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, led down to uh, opportunities. Some of these, um, upward basketball program I ran and the 
middle school when I created kind of like it. We're out at a church setting, um, you know, and so just it's kind of out of a calling in my life to kind of change where I was going with the whole teacher coach right. aspect, but right. still uh, able to serve and use sports. Uh, as an avenue to do that. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned you played high school sports, you did intramural sports, uh, and you've done really a great deal of athletic work, even in the faith-based mm-hmm. arena. Um, touch on that just a little bit. I mean, this has taken you lots of different places. It has, yeah. I remember in uh, 1996, gosh, it's been tw- uh, 21 years ago, uh, first first trip overseas was to, to West Africa. And we were there, again, a way where couldn't really b- – speak and share the same language with the folks there it was kind of a french speaking background some arabic in there you know local african languages but through basketball you know we're able to build some relationship with with some young men mm-hmm. that we coached and taught and we're able to compete against them the mali national team in their national or uh, kind of basketball stadium i use the, the word <laughs> loosely <laughs> but uh you know that led to south africa with their 97 we're able, able to do the same thing and so uh, gosh, from 96 to about 2002, I spent some amount of time on the mm-hmm. African continent, and all those, except for one trip, were based on basketball. Yeah. Um, and then I went back in kind of 06 and 07, and one of those were a basketball trip, too. You know, that's, that's really interesting. Um, my family, we, you know, you were talking about the Turkish stuff and, and all these different things, but my family, we love the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems that sports and competition is just a great platform for healthy communication, leadership, and relationship. And it seems like when you when you watch the Olympics, really, it, it emphasizes the notion that sports and competition and everything that goes along with that is, in a sense, a sort of a universal experience, a universal language, um, kind of brings cultures together. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Exactly. You think of the, that um, – the Olympic flag, even, mm-hmm. and all the five rings and all those colors you can find, one of those colors in like every flag in the world, and they're all interconnected. And it just sh- screams of how sports does that. It transcends language and cultural barriers and, mm-hmm. and bonds. And, and uh, you, you see that um, through the Olympics, especially. We're Olympic nuts, too. We were <laughs> living in Africa in different time zones and things. We found ourselves staying up whenever we could find it on TV, and we'd watch whatever we could. The Sochi Olympics in Russia, the uh, gosh, was it, um, man, what, which ones were 2012? We were over there and watched. So, well, 2008. Also, I guess, uh, you watched when your internet was working. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I remember you had yeah. times you could Sometimes that, so. <laughs> we, we did have a little local cable company who was like piping in from a local satellite company. So uh-huh. we, we may watch it with like, uh, you know, Arabic, you know, commentators you just turn sure. the sound down and enjoy yeah. the game yeah. as it was yeah so now um you also going back to the faith-based component there you went to seminary right did mm-hmm. and so was i'm curious was sports as big at a seminary campus as it would be at another university absolutely okay ultra competitive intramural leagues they they wouldn't let us just build our own leagues because uh-huh. all the the kind of best guys would want to get on the same team but what we would do, two of us would pair up and be a captain, mm-hmm. and we'd put everyone get a copy of their uh, ID card, anyone who wanted to play in the Intramural League, we'd put them on the wall and we'd have a draft. The oh, two okay, captains gotcha. would draft their teams, mm-hmm. and they always became very competitive because we all got good players, as many good players as we could, and, and as it drafted out, it was always uh, a great time. I mean, you've had Erskine. Yeah, uh, on, on your on your podcast before, Erskine yeah, Avatarte right. was was at seminary when I was. And yeah, I forget. A, you guys were yeah, there at the same time. So. Former Division One basketball player is playing mm-hmm. here in the seminary league and we had other guys that were there a former uh uh arkansas state quarterback was on campus at the time so when he was 
impossible to beat on the flag football field. Right. But one of the cool things we did as all the captains who wanted to play together, we, we loved basketball and we loved each other and we wanted to see it, uh, what we could do with it. We all went down to the local YMCA uh-huh. and formed up our own team of all the best players on campus. And we played as a ministry. We went out and we prayed with, with, uh, refs and the opposing team after games. Oh, that's awesome. Whatever we could do and just wanted to be light in the community. And then downtown, you know, Inner city Fort Worth, there's a great opportunity there, and we, we did it, and we loved it, and we did all right for mm-hmm. a bunch of preacher wannabe boys down there, and, and um, <laughs> right. uh, we 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 really did uh, had some success, and and God blessed in that. I think he, he knew our heart was to uh, to be there, and we had a great compliment coming out of there. The YMCA guy said if we could run uh, leagues with teams like you guys, mm-hmm. we'd do them twenty four seven, three sixty five, and so. This is amazing. Okay, so we've talked about international experiences, seminary experiences, um, you know, recreational ball experiences, you know, college and and everything. Is all of these opportunities have led you to where you are currently serving as director of basketball operations with Knox Youth Sports Intensity Fury. Tell me a little bit more um, about your position specifically, like what you what you do, and okay. and you've touched on how it came about, mm-hmm. but a little bit more about what you do, and give listeners an idea of what Tennessee Fury is, because I think a lot of people don't understand how big sports uh, is mm-hmm. in Tennessee. Right. So day to day, it changes from season to season. You know, they're uh, I'm super busy. Back around January, February, we're getting ready to head into an AAU season, and that's what Tennessee Fury is. It's an AAU, AAU meaning a- amateur athletic union. Okay, uh, there's other also governing bodies out there too. U.S. Amateur Basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a couple of state champs in that, and our third grade boys and fifth grade boys won championships in that here in the state. We had some of our girls teams, our third grade girls, won state. AAU championships, but that is huge for the listeners out there who are not from Tennessee. That's a big deal. Yes. And, um, and at one, just got to brag a little bit when we had third through seventh graders at our state tournament in Chattanooga in the top flight division of each of those age groups, we had a team in the final four, no other AAU organization in the state did that. Mm -hmm. So top to bottom, a really, really good, um, you know, I mentioned them a little bit earlier, but Rick Dunn, Greg McMurray, uh, they're co-founders. Mm-hmm. About this is our seventh AAU season, uh, and they uh, they put together just the head kids playing, uh-huh. and they wanted to try to pull them together and, and get into to more because it's traveling around a bit. You go to some some tournaments, uh, it can go really competitive. We had three girls teams go to exposure tournaments up in uh, Kentucky. Uh, they're they were current freshmen, sophomores, and juniors this mm-hmm. year, so they're going into their uh, next year's will be sophomores, juniors, and seniors. But in that, they got saw they got exposed to at one of the tournaments. the The directors of the tournament said over a thousand basketball coaches from colleges were there. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I do have a question for you though. All mm-hmm. right, so uh, our family has been involved in youth and community sports and uh, and school athletics for a very long time because my son is incredibly uh, athletic and interested in sports and things like that. And I know that things can get really ugly sometimes mm-hmm. in sports. I mean, you know, on the sidelines, uh, in the stands, mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, the political part mm-hmm. of it, people get upset, you know, with choices that are made and things like that. So um, tell me, how does the faith-based component work into that? To what, ex- 
stint, I guess, mm-hmm. does the faith-based component impact or influence what you all are up to? And do you even see those kind of things even within what you're doing? Yeah. Um, Rick Dunn and I got the opportunity to speak to a, a recreation sport management class at UT's campus the other day, finishing up summer classes there. And uh, someone asked how we come about with coaches. And Rick explained, mm-hmm. you know, we, we try to find folks who will buy into these values and says we uh, – um, we compete to win, but we coach to change lives. Right, and so we kind of lay that out uh, to our coaches, and and oftentimes it's folks we've know, we've seen coaching, we know their heart and that they align. But I mean, it doesn't always happen. From what I understand, uh, until this year, almost previous six seasons, Furies had to come to and say, Coach, you can't you can't do that. We right. we got to kind of let you go. Almost we don't really fire them. It's volunteer, right, but right. you got to see. We're going a different direction. Exactly. You're not really <laughs> representing this faith-based component we like to have out there. Right. Sure and we get that a lot when a, a team, of, you're, you're playing with, like say, third through 11th graders. Right. Coaches that are volunteer, and you lose it in the heat of competition on, on occasion. But we get uh, get the emails, you guys are a faith-based, and we're getting this. And, and, and you <laughs> but you know, I, you know, that, that brings up a great point because people are people. Mm-hmm. And humans are human, and we are all human, and we all have things that we're passionate about. And sometimes our passions, when we can't contain them, can take us directions we just we should just not go. Exactly, you know. And that's <laughs> what we, yeah. we try to be restorative or restorative. Yes, that's right, word. restorative. Yeah. Uh, in, in that, as if there's a slip up, we don't just coach you're done. Right. And we, exactly. we give them a chance. We go to them. And it's it's funny we have a kind of tradition. It's uh, Waffle House. If you go to the infamous Waffle House meeting, you know there, it's a meeting. There's it's a meeting at the Waffle House, and right. so, uh, and and you, you talk it out with them, and man, we uh, it, and as you see where it goes, and you hope that uh, that there is restoration done, and you can go on and keep going, and and still contribute. Yeah. I love the Waffle House, Scott. All right. <laughs> so good. Our Waffle Scattered, House has been closed for the last couple chunk, months. Yes. diced, all the exactly. stuff. Exactly. You know, and I always ask for my hash browns to be a little extra crispy. Yeah. I'll so, do it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So um, back to this. But uh, how do you personally, as a leader in the sports profession, in sports arena, how do you stay current and inspired in your work? Um, well, that's, that's a good question. You know, you've got to uh, – and you look for opportunities out there of inspirational stories in sport. You know, um, I mentioned Predators earlier. There's always, uh, I mean, I follow the Spurs, um, and I love Kawhi Leonard. And now he goes about his job just the most quiet, unassuming superstar in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And it's on purpose. You know, mm-hmm. he, 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 he just goes at it. And I try to, um, as, as I have opportunities, opportunities to share these leadership moments with players, Try to try to point them to folks like that, mm, and that's great. Uh, yeah, just always trying to to see. I mean, I still have the the ESPN app on my phone and the Bleach Report, and all these things, and go through and see what's going on, and uh, just learn. And, and you got some, you know, um, been a Cowboys fan for a long time, but right now you got Ezekiel Elliott in the news for not such great things, yes. and you try to try to use those examples as what not to do and, teaching teaching yeah, opportunities exactly so, uh, so if you're pointing uh, students uh, kids to um to these you know athletes and things like that who who would you say are some of your greatest influencers who are you pointed to that you follow in sports and the recreation or even in faith-based arena it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be sports but who are some people that you like to follow and keep up with yeah um well, like I, said, I mentioned uh Kawhi Leonard if you mm-hmm, go way mm-hmm. back in the Spurs history David Robinson 
uh, was a huge influence on my life as a strong, outspoken Christian, mm-hmm. very philanthropic too. He's built the whole David Robinson Academy, millions of dollars out of his own pocket to give kids in inner city San Antonio great education. Uh, and you probably may not even heard about that because he's not about trying to get um, recognition. Or a person of humility. Exactly. Then. Very much a, a Renaissance man. And his hands are so huge, he can cover like 22 keys on a piano. Oh, wow. And Dang. he's a great pianist. And so, but even locally here, I think um, these folks I've mentioned uh, Rick Dunn, mm-hmm. uh, Greg McMurray, uh, Emery, Connedy, Chad so they, Ragel. Are these, these are, people you kind of rely on to keep you grounded? Yeah, sort of they are yeah. for sure. Uh, Rick is very pastoral. Every mm-hmm. time I come away from a, a meeting with Rick, I'm I'm just blessed. I'm encouraged. I, I realize I can do things because there's there's been times here in the not recent past. I feel like I've I'm working through this first year mm-hmm. of everything on the calendar and when what needs to be done right. and some things have snuck up on me and I've, I've felt a little down, but he's, he's very encouraging. Um, and you have to have those people in your oh, life. Oh yeah. And, and you all of them, all these folks that, that I, I'm learning from, they've been doing what I'm trying to do for, for years now. Mm-hmm. And they have, um, different leadership styles and different, you know, God knits us all together sure. with, with specific, uh, gifts and talents and abilities. I don't have theirs, but I can learn from them mm-hmm. and, and institute some of the things that have helped them into my life and, and become better at it. Well, I know someone else. I know someone else who keeps you grounded too, and that's your parents. Yes. Your parents are great people. Yeah, thank uh, your, you. Your mom cracks me up. She <laughs> is she is just a sports fanatic as much as you are. For the listeners out there, Scott's mom is she is awesome to watch a game with. And honestly, it really doesn't even matter what the game. But if it's University of Tennessee, that's yes. the best. If you ever got a chance, to, you know, they should sell tickets to her house just to watch her watch a game. But my son, my son Corbin, he truly believes that she has. The best ribs in the world. They rank up there. Yeah, they rank right up there. Yeah, but no, your mom not only not only is she a sports fanatic, but she's been involved mm-hmm. in community sports sure. as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. She worked at Rockwood Community Center for uh, thirty plus years. Started in um, nineteen eighty five, and, wow. and finally officially retired last August at seventy nine years old. Yeah. So I never thought I would see her retire. <laughs> yeah, I know it was kind of weird. Uh, some some health issues with my father kind of helped her right. kind of go on to, to be with him a bit. Uh, nothing major, but yeah, sure. it's been good. Good season in their lives now. They they're both going to Rhone State three days a week and working out at the. Are they seriously? The, yeah, at I am the proud of Wellness them. That's Center. They are. They're doing great in that. Uh, Dad came off a knee surgery a couple years ago and kind of was on a. Uh, a cane for a while now doesn't carry his cane anymore uh and so that's awesome yeah they've come a long way and um but yeah no mom mom i guess like i said mentioned her probably would have would have probably would have starred in basketball Mm -hmm. had she been uh given the chance as a young lady but but never really got it but man talk about the support they had for me my mother from (laughs) from those five-year-old tackle football games and she had had a little Cowbell. Is that when you tackle yourself? No, I'd okay. actually gotten out there on the team and was getting uh, trucked by future Olympic gold medal or Olympic uh, competitors. Randy Jenkins played on my little league football team and he competed in the 96 Olympics. So world class oh, athletes. All right. That, that, so from a young age, yes, you have been, been, been around, around the those, greatness. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and now, so, do you think that you, that your mom's involvement with all this and her support and things like that has had uh, this influence on you, a sports related influence on you, or is it just kind of part of your DNA because of who she is and who your dad is? Uh, uh, it's, it's mom, um, getting me involved early. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the five year old. T- I wasn't supposed to be out there at five. Mm. Uh, I was, I'm a big guy, six six, two hundred and something pounds yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, something, something. <laughs> and um, 
but so even for my age, I was I was big enough, as big as the five, the six and seven year olds that were out there. My sister had cheered within the organization for like three years. Mom mm-hmm. had been very involved in that, and so they said, "Come on, can we?" My son's tackling himself in the yard here. Can we get him out here on the football field? Oh, wow. And they said, yeah. okay, sure. So they let me sneak in a, a year early. Um, and Advocating for you early. She did. She did. And, and, and then with that, that cowbell, I used to come off the field and say, <laughs> Mom, I didn't hear you. Where, uh, where were you with that cowbell? And so she carried that. They still, I think it's still at her house on the shelves down there. And, um, well, you, that's fantastic. I mean, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's really special to yeah. have that story and to have the cowbell. And, yep. you know, it makes me think of Saturday Night Live, need more cowbell. But <laughs> anyway, what, what advice, you know, if there's somebody out there listening to this and they're like, wow, I didn't even realize you could do all these things with sports or athletics. And, and I might be interested in doing those kind of things too, but maybe I'm not sure that I could do that. If there's someone out there listening who is, who is kind of on the borderline for that, uh, who might like to do the types of things that you've been doing and live a sports as a career. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to them? Uh, man, like I said, I just uh, came off of, uh, uh, we talked about a, uh, going to seminary, got a Master's of Divinity there Pat, this past, uh, no, it is spring of 2016, <laughs> I, I received a Master's in Sport Management. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole field of study out there that, that can get you plugged in to, to being anything from athletic departments on campuses to city parks and rec departments right. to AAU orgs to anything sports. Um Health and wellness are all out there. Sports, psych, motor behavior. There's the field is huge. So mm-hmm. I would say just look into it. And it's not I, just going and working for an NFL team. No, and that was kind of a dream of mine. That sure. NBA, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd have loved to gone on with the San Antonio Spurs and been mm-hmm. part of their office of basketball. Hey, operations. you know, we, we, we are big followers of the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. And um, just recently, uh, one of our um, athletic, I don't know what they call him. He was, uh, he's in the graduate program at Tech mm-hmm. in sports management. And uh, he just got an internship with the Baltimore Ravens. Right. And that's where who he's spending his summer with. Right. And, you know, and so there are just tons of opportunities out there. Yeah. And there, there is. A, and you've got to work a little bit and not get paid to right. eventually – Get paid to, to do do what you love. There's Brian Rice. He's kind of on the air with Eric Ainge these days. Um, he was I was in and around him some on campus. He had a great quote about that, and I, I can't quite recall it, but um, <laughs> but it was great. It was, and you did. And I, I found myself working in the office of the Tennessee Fund, not getting any credit for school, uh-huh. not getting paid at all, yeah. but getting v- invaluable volunteer experience. So Those that's opportunities what opportunities are are valuable. Mm-hmm. They're really invaluable, to be quite honest. So, yep. what or who keeps you motivated? Oh gosh, uh, my wife mm-hmm. Judith, uh, and she she's always there for me all through school. She made my paper sound a lot better than mm-hmm. I ever could have on my own. You have some great kids too. I do. They were coming next. <laughs> Anna and Jonah do as well, man. They they keep me on my toes. My kids are brilliant, <laughs> and uh, uh, I just brag them a little bit. Both of them made all honors classes at Bearden Middle and West High, respectively, and uh, they 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 really are. Not really involved in sport either, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. okay with me. Right, I, I love the fact that they Jonah does doing karate. What they love, they do, and, yes. and, and God's wired them up and knit them together. And their loves and passions. Anna is an artist, a musician, an actress. <laughs> Jonah's a, a karate karate guy, a musician as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he talked about maybe doing some acting stuff. Going to join band. Wow. He's taking band at, at uh, Beard Mill, looking to maybe pick up the sax. It looks mm-hmm. like so. Hey, we have a guitar guitar player in our band, in our marching band. Oh yeah, uh huh. We do, and they they stand right up front. Yeah, kind of with the well, percussion. Like, and percussion like that. I think I've seen that. It's yeah. fantastic. You know, I think. So. Um, so yeah, one of my little side gigs last year, my side hustle was doing 
sports commentary for Diamond Clear Media. I know. I watched you. And Powell High School. Man, that's so fun. Maybe I Hopefully, I'm coming back again this fall. Not, <laughs> not heard for sure yet, but check out Diamond Clear Media to follow uh, lots of local high school sports here in Knoxville, especially. Mm-hmm. And but they they had that guitarist in the percussion pit. It was yeah, really cool. it really adds yeah. a lot to it. So, Scott, we're about to wrap up. What do you have coming up in the future? What are some things coming up for you? Uh, you know, we're trying to get pulled off here with Fury right now. Is a, a fall league called Soul to Soul, where uh, kids come and, and just play about four Saturdays. Try to get in two games a, a day. Uh, coming up in um, through September there. Uh, after that, Knox Youth Sports is kicking in a high gear. Uh, they have flag football in the fall. They have fall baseball. They have lacrosse going on. We have about to go to um, Dick's Sporting Goods this afternoon and set up a little table there, information table mm. for folks. Uh, after that, we'll go right into basketball, which I'll be a little more involved in, just trying to, to get gym space and things like that organized and find places that we, where we can help you know, put on these leagues that, that you know, are great for kids to be able to be a part of and to be involved in sport and to learn all that sport has to offer right so if there are people out there who are listening who would like to connect with you what mm-hmm. are some ways that they could do that uh you know i'm at uh scott at noxusports.com okay on noxusports is all one words as a is a great email uh in fury we have uh, a fury uh, facebook page t and fury mm-hmm. capital t capital n capital f for fury mm-hmm. um you find that you can you message me there twitter at t and fury Okay. So, uh, different places like that. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Reach out. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, thanks again, Chester, having me on for uh, Leader Bike, man. Sounds like it's an outstanding opportunity. It sounds like you guys have a great program going on. And I look forward to just seeing how much that grows under under your leadership and leadership of the people that you've talked about today. It sounds just really awesome. And thank you for spending time with me today. I appreciate right. it. Pleasure. All right, everybody, that's Scott Kimsey. He's the Director of Operations for Tennessee Fury and uh, and just an all-around great guy. He's got a lot of experience, a wealth of experience to be uh, to be uh, sharing with us today. And I hope that you've gotten something out of this today. And I hope that you'll join me, uh, um, connect with me, maybe on Twitter or Instagram or any of those social media platforms that are out there. But until next time, just keep uh, learning, keep loving, keep leading, and we'll see you back on Leaderbyte in the next episode. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to the Leader Byte Podcast, bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Keep the conversation going at ChesterGo.com or on your favorite social media because leadership is a conversation worth having.